Hello, and welcome to Regrets I've Had a Few. I'm Paul Hunter, Artistic Director of Told by an Idiot, and this is a podcast where I talk to friends and colleagues delving into what made them the person they are today. Hello, um, and welcome to Regrets I've Had a Few. Uh, today I'm chatting with someone who is very clearly for me one of the finest actors of her generation. She is a massive influence on me as a performer and has been for a very long time. Um, uh, anything from Shakespeare to the, the, the crazy physical world of complicity, uh, she can turn her hand to very, very, very quickly and easily. She's also a dear friend, um, Catherine Hunter. Catherine, welcome. Hi, Paul. Hi, brother. <laughs> yes, yes, we, we've had a few things where people assume that we're related in some way, haven't we? We might, uh, we might come to that a bit later on. Um, when I think of you, Catherine, one of the first things I think before I speak to you is, I wonder where Catherine is, because you could be anywhere in the world. I've had conversations with you in America, in Greece, and anywhere. Where are you today? I am in London. Um, ah. And, and uh, but talking of phone calls, if you allow me to spin off straight away on a minute. Yes, of course. <clears throat> there, there, there was one a pivotal phone call. Um, I don't know if you remember. You, you rang me, oh, forgive me, I'm terrible with dates. No, 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 yeah, no carry on. And I was in Athens in a hospital. Um, and uh, because my mum had had a stroke and she was basically um passing away and i was there and uh holding her hand and then the phone rang and i thought it was my sister who'd gone to have a shower and was going to race back or whatever and it was you and you said hello <laughs> is this a convenient moment and i said not really but maybe you didn't hear and then you said well something i wanted to ask you about there's this project um and basically, it's Edward Petheridge and I, and it's something about King Lear, and Edward had a stroke, and it's um, basically it's devised, and it's a comedy. Would you be interested? And I went, yes. Uh, you want to think about it? And I said, no, I'll call you back soon. <laughs> it was one of those extraordinary moments where uh, uh, the connection with you and your work, the connection with... Um, uh, uh, my mother having a stroke and you saying Edward had a stroke uh, and, and the long history I'd had with Leah and uh, kind of the the idea of kind of rolling it all into one and devising something unique called My Perfect Mind just kind of uh, was one of those extraordinary, wonderful moments. I'm very... <laughs> I do remember. I do remember that phone call, and I have to apologise for not quite uh, maybe hearing what the situation exactly was. But um, we'll definitely talk about my perfect mind because it, it's such a special time in my life. That show with you and Edward and everybody. We'll we'll definitely come to that. But if you don't mind, I'd like to take you further back. And I'm always interested when I chat to people. You know, people I know, or whatever. Is when was the first moment that acting kind of captured you was it something you saw on film or was it a a making plays with your siblings when you were little what what 
Because it's not in your family, I assume. There's no, no other no, actors no, in your family. It's not in my family. I think the first moment it didn't capture me when I, I was I was at a Catholic primary school <laughs> with uh, with Mother Angela rehearsing me into the part of the is it the witch or something who kind of goes apples for sale, you know, trying to tempt Snow White or something. And uh, and apparently I wasn't speaking loud enough. And and she said, no, louder, apples for sale. And I went, apples for sale, apples for sale. And she said, I can't hear you. And I said, but there's nobody in the room. <laughs> when there's somebody in the room, I'll speak loud. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I think the next time was at uh, Queen's College with Michelle Wade who um, used to take me up to the top of the school and do these audition pieces that she'd prepared about, you know, and I remember they were, they, they were, they were quite racy about prostitutes. And, so, and I thought, my first, and I thought, oh, this is rather good. And then I think it was at university doing a, a Brecht um, 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 uh, in the jungle of the cities. And, and I, I did drama because the English course was full or something. And then you get into productions and everything. And it was at the tech and I thought, I didn't know what a tech was, but it was all these people and lighting and costume and and uh, 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 and and uh, uh, stage management and everything. And I thought, oh my god, uh, all these people gathered together to 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 make a story. And I, I think that's when I got hooked. As well as in the French department, I did a, a lay, the Ring Round the Moon, and I had this line to say, "Non, Madame de Mamert," or something. Um, and um, not realizing it was funny, and there was this roar of laughter, and I thought, "Well, that's it. That's it." <laughs> <laughs> and and was was it that time at university when you were acting in plays that you started to think maybe this is what I could do? Or I think so. When did it start to become something more tangible? I, I, I think so, but I think all 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 my sort of life and so called career has been sort of bumpity do, you know, kind of not not the five year, ten year plan. And I think again it was Michelle who said, Why don't you apply for RADA? And I sort of did. And no other drama school, you know, and I, and that kind of got in. And that and then and and then that, that was it. So it was sort of tumbly, tumbly dumbly kind of. I think it's really good to hear you say so called career. I think I would never use like you, I'd be very wary of using that term to describe what we do and continue to try to do I think it's been such a like you say such a journey of chance and happenstance and who you meet along the way especially when I talk to younger actors I think the idea of planning a career or tr even trying to have a career seems strange doesn't it I mean I, I do feel for the young people at the moment because uh, it, uh, it feels like breaks young people just coming out of drama school or something it feels like the brakes are on, but um, a lot of them are kind of becoming very resourceful and determined. But you know the the thing of kind of being together and that whole um, that chemistry. I mean, that's what I uh, totally adore. Kind of being in a in a room and playing and and trying things out. And um, I think that must be quite hard. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, I've got a um, a niece who's currently in her first year at Central, and at the moment, almost all the teaching is on Zoom, and it must be very difficult. It's the antithesis of what performing is, or certainly working in theatre is, isn't it? Yeah, um, maybe the only advantage yeah. is that you know, if you do things for the camera, there's there's you know, kind of uh, being very focused. You practice. 
being very yeah. focused and um, specific or something like that. Um, yes, maybe. Maybe that gives you that kind of disciplined way of looking at something. It's true. Um, if I can um, take uh, sort of quiz you a little bit on RADA, because you... You, you got in, as you say, and then you turned up. Did you have an idea of what RADA was going to be like? Did you? No, I asked my friend Michelle and she didn't tell me. She said, you'll see when you get there. And uh, <laughs> again, I just, because it's not in the family and I didn't do any research. And uh, it was all, it was, it was a new country. It was very exciting. We did fencing and tumbling and stage fighting and tap and jazz and ballet and voice and... Um, uh, and all these different kind of so skills, sort of. But I do think that the 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 the, the principal at the time was Hugh Crutwell, and he the, we didn't do any method, you know, like oh, we didn't uh, laban or this or that. Uh, you know, you could sort of read up about it or if you wanted. But his whole mantra was truth, and he'd sort of and he we do productions very quickly, you know, very in the first you know month or two. And his, I think his idea was just do it and find out with different directors, have a go. Um, and it, it, But his mantra was truth. And so he'd go around the room after production and go, well, um, uh, you haven't got it. You haven't got it. You haven't got it. You might get it. And, and, um, and it was this kind of cryptic thing. But you sort of knew uh, what he meant. Yeah. And that, that's kind of. Uh, stayed stayed with me a lot. I quite like the. Um, it, this makes me jumping forward again a little briefly to my perfect mind. I wished you'd shared that story with me. I like the idea of maybe, um, what was the name of the character who was Edward's old drama teacher in the show? Oh, um, Miss um, McPride. Mrs. Miss McPride. <laughs> I like the idea of her pointing around the room and saying, "You've got it. You haven't got it." You've had it, but you've lost it. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I could imagine that yeah. kind of. But it's interesting. Well, should, we do, should we do a sequel? Well, that was, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think whenever I talk to Edward, I think that there's still that burning desire. Because like you, he is an actor to his very bones, I think. And this is what I was also curious about, Catherine, is when you're young and you're at drama school obviously you're learning and you're open and you're a sponge and but people are also seeing you in a certain way what kind of roles were you casting what kind of parts were you getting at drama school um let me see um i think i i i i did a i did a play called commitments which was uh, about the WRP, and I remember when yeah. Vanessa Redgrave and Alan Rickman came because they had done it or something. I did a South African play called uh, I don't remember. Um, um, but then I had an accident, and then I went back to Rada on crutches, and then I was given old people to play, um, except for uh, Josephine Van der Water in this musical, um, for which I had to walk down a staircase. Uh, and I remember um, the, the rest of the cast, amongst whom was, uh, 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 anyway, so, so they looked up at me kind of going, oh, my God. Uh, but it was the, it was sort of the birth of physical theatre for me, because I thought, my legs don't work very well, but um, I've got the whole of this torso to play with. So it was 
Hello, everybody, Mr. Josephine Vanderwater. And um, the look on the car is kind of looking up at me going, she's going to fall down the staircase. But it was, um, it was um, yeah, a seminal moment in that world. Yeah, that's an extraordinary notion of starting to become aware from, from a restriction of what else you can do. That's a very potent way you describe that. I, I can really see that image. Yeah, but I mean, I've learned for me as well that you that you know and has this notion of physical being total and blah, and you can suggest so much uh, uh, um with very little or uh, in the most um bizarre and unexpected ways like what was it you did in my perfect mind you um that uh, uh, was it a role uh, 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 the strange rolling on that platform in the storm. Oh, yes, I used to, I found a way of sliding down it, running and sliding. Yes, that um, I, I think yeah. for, for no other reason than a kind of strange commitment to trying to support Edward in the in the storm. But, um, um, well, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that sense of a physical thing is is interesting. I was obviously very lucky in that when I went to drama school, I met Haley and I met John Wright, and and that was a formative experience. Particularly suddenly John opening uh, a window into the notion of what performing could be and improvising and taking me to see very early complicite shows, which were unlike anything I'd seen before. <laughs> I'm curious, of course. Uh, you you worked after Rada, and then. How did you meet Simon and Marcello and the gang? How did it happen, that first meeting? Well, just very briefly, uh, after Rada, I did, you know, kind of uh, pandemonium theatre and education. And then I did, I went to Leatherhead and played a monkey and Aladdin and lots of uh, Alan Akebourne's, which I, I, I hold up there. He's kind of master of Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was one of the most pleasurable experiences, kind of trying to contain one's you, you know laughter just kind of exploding then um whatever at the traverse did something with annabelle oh did some shakespeare with shared experience and helena sort of rep things then at the traverse um doing three plays a day and then i think annabelle said to simon oh there's this i don't know she called me a woman this <laughs> creature and then I met I met Simon and Marcello in a in a Spanish bar, and and then and then we started on a, um, anything for a quiet life, and that and and that was like a kind of total re-education starting because in those days you uh, Simon and and Marcello, they, they would retrain you in all in in the Lecoq. I don't want to say. Yeah. Uh, let's not say that horrible word methodology um, in the Lecoq of um, sense of space and physicality and and hours 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 of chorus and um, moving chairs and cupboards. You know that was your main credentials. You know to, <laughs> uh, to move in a chorus and and lift and and uh, move chairs and. Um, I, I loved it actually, and I didn't, I think, understand it at the time. But later, went, and and of course, the cornerstone of storytelling and, and collective storytelling 
that that was it. There was uh, it was it was um, what is uh, what is a story? And we all told the story, you know, in a million different ways, in twos, in fives, and um, um, but the sense that the space there is a science of the space, and 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 the matter, uh, i.e., chairs, tables, cupboards. If you displace them in the space, they tell their own story, which was kind of mind-bogglingly new and exciting. Um, uh, 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 and I've held on to that, as well as the joy of kind of being allowed to fail ridiculously. Yes. Yeah, that's very important, isn't it? That's that, yeah. that sense of have, being allowed to have a go and it, it doesn't it matters, but it doesn't matter. That, that kind of um, that kind of idea, I think, is really important. I remember seeing you know, shows with at the at the Almeida with Complicite. And I particularly remember, I was thinking before we chatted, uh, Help, I'm Alive. <laughs> and um, I have such vivid memories of that show and you, you as a company and your extraordinary transformation into this sort of Don Corleone type figure. <laughs> um, and the wonderful commedia that was created with yourself and Lilo and Toby and Marcello. And um, it was the... I hadn't really seen, I mean, it, it's interesting for me because obviously I've, I've worked so long with Haley, so I've been around a very extraordinary woman performer who's very transformative, but I hadn't really seen it anywhere, that sense of transformation that you you could do. I hadn't really seen that. I thought, wow, you could play a, a small child, you could play this, oh, was that... Does that go back to what you were saying about exploring what you could do physically, the sense of your transforming yourself? I think so, Paul. Uh, I think it was also because I was lucky enough to meet Implicitly quite early, where there was no, well, you're this and you play that. And uh, mm. there, it was, it literally was anything goes. And so I thought that was normal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd, yeah. I'd sort of, okay, I'd done a bit of rep and some Shakespeare and everything, but I kind of thought, oh, well, it's normal, you know, you do anything really. Um, and uh, I mean, there were little kind of bumps, like I remember in The Help I'm Alive, we all played everything. And then there came a point where we sort of had to choose who we were playing. And and I said to, I think it was Joss uh, uh, directing, and uh, um, can I make a confession? I, I I don't really want to play the, the whatever, the, the, you know the the woman who's quite sexy and um, commanding. Yeah. Can I play the uh, pantalone figure? The, you know the kind of sexually obsessed. Um, <laughs> uh, and they went, mm, um, okay, have a go or something, and 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 off we went. You know, um, but it was um, it, it's an amazing. Um, playground you know it was a, just a great gift yeah and i and i think we're very lucky when we meet people that that think and feel like that and create an atmosphere where you can play like that i think that's because as we both know it doesn't happen everywhere no. it doesn't happen in lots of places in theater and i think i think it's a very precious thing to to kind of experience and and you have to kind of um relish that I yeah think. now i i can't talk about acting with you without uh, thinking of the visit of course which was such a seminal um, uh, role for you and it's interesting when you talk about your moment at RADA when you came down the stairs I can still and again I 
it's, it's, I'm sure the memory has been embellished over the years, but I can still remember your first entrance into The Visit, a play I didn't know at the time. I had no idea what the story was. I just went because it was complicitor. And so extraordinary were you physically and when you came in that all I got a sense of was impending doom. I thought, this woman has arrived and nothing good can come from this. <laughs> and I, and I, it was a really, really almost visceral thing. And I don't think you'd even spoken. Just something about the way you were and how people reacted to you made me go, oh, this is not good. <laughs> this is not going to, this is not going to end well. Um, and it was such a, it was such an extraordinary, I mean, do you remember how you kind of approached that with Simon as, as a role or uh, your way into it? Or um, Again, it was um, lots of focus on the story. The first thing, we didn't look at the text for three weeks because it was the first, it was the first text Complete State ever done. And they used to call it the text, not the play. Yes. And then I remember after three weeks, there was this sort of panic in the Complete State offices. Oh, we better ask for the rights. And, and Annabelle had to fly over to America or something <laughs> and persuade people that it wasn't just a silly mine company. They could do other things um, and get the right. And I would ask Annabelle, are we, um, you know, because we just improvised the whole time, the situations. And, and, and said, are we, um, you know, like eventually going to, um, you know, like learn the lines? And she said, oh, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> these actors are not, you know, you know, eventually we will. And, you know, eventually we did. But it it was just improvising the situation. So you had 20 versions of the death of Alfred Scheele or the entrance of, of wow. Clara Zafanassian or the blind men. And it was, and then, you know, it was a, a glorious thing. Um, uh, uh, Simon and Annabelle could, or collectively, we'd go, well, yeah, that was the best. Let's steal from that and a bit from that. Um, and it, it really was collective. But in terms of, Clara, um, she's supposed to have a a, 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 reti a huge retinue, but there were only seven of us in the first production playing 31 characters. So uh, I, I couldn't be carried. So so we got these crutches and Ray Smith kind of painted them gold and everything. And then, and then of course the cast did carry me. I have to say it, uh, um, it, it feels like the creation of Clara was totally a collective thing. Uh, 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 totally, because um, you know, is you can't. She has this kind of great swathe of of um, intent, um, uh, but uh, we call it status or intent. Uh, but that is given by how people react. So on the, on the first entrance, you know, they lifted me, and yes. then. When I came down, they put like little little um, placemats or beer mats under the crutches, you know, because she can't, of course, place her crutches on the filthy gullen um, ground. And <laughs> and then the retreats and the point fixe and all that language, um, kind of together, we made this formidable woman. I really think of it as a kind of collective creation, including Ray Smith, who who sat in rehearsal and drew. And Drew and Drew, you'd go, oh, God, that's not my image of her. And, you, and then you'd think, oh, well, that's quite interesting. Yeah, that provocation. It's interesting as well because in some ways we're very used to that kind of approach. But at that time, 
you know, as you say, the first time Compliste had really tackled a text, and and that that still felt quite revolutionary. You know, British theatre was still very bound by a literary form and a literary approach. And I think for younger listeners, it's worth saying that was quite a radical production in many ways. And the fact that it had a you know it had a, a big life and it was at the National Theatre and blah blah, but it it wasn't the norm. It was something quite different and. Uh, and quite groundbreaking. Um, obviously, you and I and Marcello and Jason, we've kind of and Haley and we've kind of known each other for a long time in lots of different ways. And then we'd never worked together directly. Although I worked with Marcello, of course, wonderfully on Pinocchio at the Lyric, and you came in. And and then I remember when we finally started to get my perfect mind together, and I convinced Edward that I wasn't mad that you could make a play about someone having a stroke, him having a stroke, and not doing King Lear. And I remember a moment when I met him in the, the cafe at the National Portrait Gallery and I thought, I'm going to be very direct. And I said, Edward, if you want to do this play, I can make it happen. I can, we can produce it, we can get a theatre and we can do it. The decision is yours. We can't do it without you. And he kind of looked at me in that way that Edward does and went, oh, OK. And then he said, who's going to direct it? And I said, I don't, that I don't know. And then I remember talking, of course, it was brilliantly Haley who often has these very good ideas and she went why don't you talk to Catherine and I suddenly thought that's a brilliant idea that's a really really because I was conscious obviously Edward is a very experienced actor who's done many many things and I was aware that the director had to be exactly the right kind of person to be able to work with me and with Edward and and our the combination of the two of us um but it was such a perfect decision. And the fact that you were able to say yes and so immediately in that room with your mother in Athens, I'm eternally grateful for. Because I think, obviously, you've had a long history with Shakespeare. And I think the fact that you'd played Leah, I think, for me, was strangely reassuring. I felt reassured, and I think Edward did, that this was not someone who directed it in a or, or, or had had a kind of academic understanding. You played it. Um, how? Because uh, I don't think I've ever asked you. It kind of happened in the best way that things do. Uh, obviously, you directed lots of things, but what did it feel like when you kind of first started with me and Edward? What was that first kind of week like for you? It, I, I, it was. A sort of unforgettably wonderful uh, because it, it, uh, I did feel you know no, knowing your work and and um, and then having read Ed's uh, autobiography which was totally stunning though um, there was this hunch that oh um, um, there's all this there's and I remember you said one day there are two bit books in this. There's Leah and uh, Ed's um, autobiography, which was called. Oh, what was it called? Uh, um, we will remember. Before we will the remember in a minute. Uh, and um, uh, and so um, just and then, you know, the the the, the 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 classic image of you know playing Leah is climbing the mountain. So that kind of stuck in my brain that climbing the mountain. And then was this idea of um, of of a 
of an of an imbalanced uh, of an imbalance that happens after a, a stroke, and so the idea of this platform that um, uh, that is um, not level, that is uh, um, uh, at, a, at an angle, and having to struggle against gravity, and then I don't know where it came from, but this idea—I think we started I handed you little notes, um, yeah. which is uh, yeah. kind of say, um, "Well, you're in Lord Olivier's dressing room," because, um, <laughs> and uh, or um, you're uh, in in Miss McBride's um, a movement class, or and uh, something very little, and then you and Edward would just take off. Um, uh, 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 in a most extraordinary way. And then uh, I do remember the times where you'd look at your piece of paper and throw it away. I'd had <laughs> about 10 and you'd go, uh, no, no, not that one. Um, so, um, uh, but m mostly you'd give everything a go and the most extraordinary. So it was just a little, a little prompt, a little prompt um, out of which the most extraordinary things happened. Um, you know, unforgettable things like um, you playing Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> if I look back on it, and I and your, like you say, your prompts and provocation, were, uh, were so, kind of, that they were never heavy. They were never too prescriptive. There was always just enough of a suggestion, even when we were on Michael Michael's wonderful set in the rehearsal room, the the elision out of having coffee and chatting and then stepping onto that thing and you saying, oh, let's go up the mountain. There was something about the show came from that for me in a way, that the kind of chatting, very natural kind of... And then we were kind of improvising before we knew it or improvising almost by chance. Yeah. And I thought you were very sensitive to that as a director because on the outside, when you know, as a director, I know that feeling when it can feel very chaotic and very loose, and yeah. but you never suggested any sense of panic around that, which I really, I really appreciate you doing. Well, there was the extraordinary thing of which maybe I, I sometimes thought to myself, "Am I taking this on board enough?" You know, um, that uh, uh, Ed is, uh, you know, he's had this miraculous recovery, um, um, but um, are we asking too much? And coffee was mandatory, of course. Of course, absolutely mandatory. And then there, there was this little beat of going up and there. Um, I mean, but he, he, he was. How can I say? Um, I mean, extraordinary. The, uh, the one time I did feel very bad when I kept saying, "I think that uh, what about a little dance? Uh, dance, a dance." And <laughs> and uh, Ed was going, "No, my foot, my is it my left foot, my right foot doesn't quite work." And I said. Oh, it does, it does. Need and uh, kind of go, yeah, sort of. But um, uh, yeah, a, a, a amazing moments. I mean, I remember there was one where he sort of read from the text from Leah, and it was, and uh, and you playing Cordelia, and. It was a weird, weird um, kind of truth about it by not trying to do it, whatever it is. And I remember Peter Brook coming to see the production and said, this is how it should be done. 
you know, who famously did, you know, Schofield and everything. Yeah, of course. But um, he, you know, the the scene with you as Cordelia in the beginning, the the um, I fear I am not in my perfect mind. The the so called reconciliation scene um, uh, with you reading, I think. Yes, yeah. I just I always read the script. It's true. But you, it's a magic thing, Paul. You did. You didn't do a character, but we believed that you were a young woman. Strange, isn't it? What theatre? I always think this as well that theatre is the one form where you can remain constantly aware of the actor at the same time be completely absorbed by the situation and yeah. no other form gives us that because it's live I think and and that show I, I'm, I'm really proud of that show because it felt yeah. very very theatrical in that sense I, I before I move on I'm just going I'm remembering one improvisation that you brilliantly set up because Edward's face in this improvisation was so extraordinary you 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 got he played Miss McPride. You got him to play Miss McPride himself. Yeah. And I played the German doctor. <laughs> and we went for a walk and I, I had to do something provocative. And I, I turned to Miss McPride and said, Do you know, I have to tell you, once I killed a man. <laughs> and <laughs> and Edward's face, the subtlety and the, the mix of surprise and slight fascination by the fact that because he, he's such a such a brilliantly subtle comic actor and and it was it was such a pleasure to continue and make the journey of that show with you and someone to finish on perfect mind someone said to me after in the bar at the young vic said that show could only be directed by an actor really and i think sometimes I'm not saying one has to act in order to direct. Of course you don't. The brilliant directors who haven't never acted. But I think sometimes an actor brings something very, very special to the role of directing. And your joy, obviously, of acting and performing and actors and all of that, which was wrapped up in the show anyway. So I, I thank you for that, for sure. Um, I wanted to touch a little bit as we come towards this end of a lovely chat on Shakespeare because you've done so much Shakespeare is there a part that you regret that you haven't yet played or that you think might not come now that maybe has gone is there or maybe there isn't I don't know. well uh, I've I've um since doing Leah about 25 years ago I've always wanted to do it again and we were about to do it this year at the Globe. wow and um and then it's been postponed uh, hopefully, you know, um, till next year, because uh, they they are doing some shows, but I always fell into a slot that would have been pre-opening, you know, before. Yeah. Yeah. So Michelle said, "Do it next year." Um, and uh, yeah, it it it, 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 I think the last time we did it was about twenty six years ago in yes. Osaka or yeah. something and um in in japan and uh, i remember then thinking ah i think right something's clicked now now i can (laughs) and then i've been to wait 26 years but it was because when we first did it it was um kind of outrageous a wonderful helena hausen yes i I saw it at leicester haymarket ah yes with the with the prologue which we cut but um 
I think there was a lot of stuff about, you know, because now um, the kind of gender, uh, 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 playing with gender it, it is, happens all the time, but then it yeah. was completely new, especially if you ventured into um, Shakespeare. And it's, oh gosh, for sure, yeah. You know, you're supposed to at least have played you know, Macbeth and da 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 da, and have, have kind of accrued your 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 Shakespearean blah de blah before you attempt, you know. Yeah. So I think there was a kind of outrage, and I'd never been so nervous at you know beginners to the stage because it was like, I mean, uh, being, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, pull the other one, sort of that sort of feeling. <laughs> On the other hand, once we got going, I just kind of forgot. Um, because of this, uh, uh, and there I was so lucky to have this extraordinary uh, English teacher at school, Miss MacDonald, great big bosom to Miss MacDonald, who said, we're going to read it out loud, and then proceeded to read it all herself. <laughs> and then becoming, going in a fever to the point where she had to write to my parents and say, I think Catherine should stop writing essays on King Lear. But just was obsessed with, just the story caught me. Um, so that uh, I am very much looking forward to, uh, uh, well, hopefully. Um, I, I, I am obviously looking forward to seeing you do it, and especially at the Globe. The Globe would be a perfect place for it. I, I have one last thing. Actually, I was just reading something before I spoke to you, um, uh, which was uh, reading online about the film that you've done of, or been in with of Macbeth, which sounds extraordinary. And the bit that interested me was, they were talking, or Joel Cohn was talking, saying he wanted the film to have a look that was untethered from reality. And I really liked that expression. And am I right? He talked about the whole thing was filmed on stages. You weren't on location. It was, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, like, the start. No, no, of course. No, 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 no. I, I won't. This yeah. was in the public domain. You don't need to give okay, anything okay. away. But yeah. I loved... Um, I love the sound of it anyway. I really yeah, love the sound yeah. of it. I mean, his conception, without giving too much away, is 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 totally um, uh, non-realistic. Uh, uh, and I, I, I think absolutely catches uh, uh, Shakespeare in that sense, you know, rather than the real castle and the real this. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, no, that will... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I look forward to that. Catherine... Before we finish, I just want to, I'm going to say a few things and I want you to respond instinctively to what I say. It'll be very clear. Oui. Yeah, so I'm going to say Molière or Shakespeare? Both. <laughs> Espresso or cappuccino? Cappuccino. Uh, Paris or New York? Uh, uh, both. <laughs> Cleopatra or Lady Macbeth? Neither. <laughs> ah, very good. Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton? Charlie Chaplin. Mountains or the sea? The sea. Directing or acting? Um, it depends what day it is. <laughs> Noise or silence? <sighs> depends what day it is. I think that is a very brilliant way to end with you saying depends what day it is that really <laughs> that feels very appropriate Catherine thank you so much it's been so lovely to chat to you and catch up and I really hope that before long because I know that you and I are cooking something up which I can't talk about but we'll we'll meet for a, a, a cappuccino uh, somewhere and we'll start to 
cook something up for the future when we can get into a room together because I would love that. I feel that some of the best stuff I've done as an actor in recent years has been when you have provoked me. So I would love the chance to do some more. Well, I, I love that too, Paul, because I, I've, I've learned so much from you. And in another podcast, we might talk about um, writing. Uh, um, yeah, I've, I, you know, I've learned so much about that, how, what is writing. Is writing. Yeah, what, what 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 writing can be, and you touched on that when you talked about Simon and the early complicity stuff as well. Catherine, lovely to see you. Take Thank care. You. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. You too. Lots of love. Thank you. Thank you.